Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better get them up, get them going Friday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. That is right, not just any Friday, the Friday ahead of Texas, Oklahoma for the 119th time. We got you covered. Five hours, five days a week. Our sports conversation begins right now on a Friday morning, 6 October, and a lot to do. Uh, appreciate you being there. Wherever you're finding us, maybe on 1019, could be AM 1260, maybe streaming and you'll use that digital app. It's so easy to use. Download your smartphone. Take us wherever you go. Touch of a button. You've got us all over the city, all over the state, all over the world with that Horn app. Also on our website at hornfm.com, on our YouTube channel at uh, The Horn Austin. And it is a Friday. And Rod Baderbrews, that makes it a what Friday? A freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it, Ric Flair, woo! State Fair Street Fight Football Friday edition of Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. That is right. right, and it uh, is 6.01. And, of course, as always, and forever will be, OU still sucks. <laughs> there you go. People are already asking on the uh, text line, 447-3776, why is uh, the line gone from 6.5 to 5 overnight? Not sure. Not sure. Dropped a point I, and a half. I, you know what? Maybe the injuries? Maybe the Maybe. injuries. Maybe they figure the, uh, the Ryan Watts injury, the uh, JT Sanders injury, maybe it's more to it. Yeah, Sark, and we'll hear it here coming up in the headline. Sark says JT Sanders has been good this week. He should be good to go. I don't think I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, but I know. They, they, they dive deeper. They dive deep like Rod B. They go rabbit holing. Well, so they know, might know something we don't know. You know what? Longhorns favored by five now. If they win mm-hmm. by five, Longhorn fans will be thrilled. Right yeah, into the bye week. You know what? I, I'll, I'll take the one point. I, well, whatever. Just get the dub at this get the point. Dub. We're, we're getting closer to it. Just get the dub. Get the dub. I don't care about blowing people out. I don't care about style points. Get the dub. Longhorns have not played a game within double digits yet this year, and uh, obviously this is a rivalry game of the uh, the highest magnitude. The final game is is as Big Twelve members. We got a lot to do. We'll get into that game obviously Just from all angles. We'll also get to uh, a lot of college football news. The NCAA has uh, shortened the window for the transfer portal. We'll tell you about that coming up. You see that the Big Ten put out their future scheduling model. I did not uh, see with that with all the new schools coming on board: USC, UCLA, mm. Washington, and Oregon. Interesting. Uh, you know. I, the thing that jumps out pretty quickly is Michigan's schedule next year. Longhorns will play see that. at Michigan. They got a hell of a schedule. Well, yeah, look at this. If you're, if you're Man, a season you're... ticket holder at Michigan, oh yeah, they play That's the a... Longhorns September seventh. Fantastic. They play Michigan State. Their rival in state. They'll play Ohio State, of course, because they play Ohio State every year. Uh, they also will host Oregon and USC and play at Washington. Pretty sexy. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's, uh, that's pretty sexy. Home schedule. Dude, listen, includes that, Texas, USC, and Oregon. I don't. I mean, that's. I don't know if there's been a schedule that's sexy. Maybe like in the prime of the uh, the SEC West right there. Yeah, something man. Like that or maybe the 2008 
uh, Big Twelve schedule. <laughs> it looked, that's that's that is as by sexy as it gets, man. That's that's pretty nice. That's a, that's what they wanted. Yeah. This is the whole point of them deciding to expand and Fox, add the big Fox brands. Fox wanted that. Yeah, they wanted this type of schedule. You go, what? Okay, that's must-watch television for half their damn schedule. That's right. I got to see it. By the way, <laughs> the Longhorns will play the uh, the road game there. That was supposed to be a Texas home game, but they flipped that. Uh, Oklahoma is going to play Michigan in a home-and-home home 25 <laughs> and 26. I just noticed that. All yeah, right, so we got a lot to do. Call, oh, before we get started, sorry about that. Uh, shout out to those who serve. We we'll do it every morning. We want to make sure that yes, we are consistent. We uh, those who serve uh, our society built on the selflessness of service. So uh, those out there, we know that it is an honor, but also a burden. So we appreciate you, whether you serve in any capacity, God, country, or community. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. The first responders, the uh, nurses, the uh, soldiers, the uh, police officers, uh, all the great uh, the uh, folks out there who serve. We appreciate you every morning. No doubt, no doubt, uh, every single morning. Uh, we do appreciate it. No burden us for us to be here five hours today. Uh, Cole Dixon is through the glass as Ty Henderson continues. I talked to Ty yesterday, our producer, who's Uh-oh. been out this week. He's How's got he He's got a combination of the flu and uh, a sinus infection. So that's what. Damn. That's, yeah, I don't like what he got smashed. He got hit with a combo. Yeah. Flu slash sinus infection. So yeah, he's got the stomach thing, but he's also got Man. the uh, head 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 pressure and all. Mm-hmm. Because he left here on Tuesday morning because he, mm. he had, like, blurry vision. And we're like, dude, you need to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I like, see yeah, out of my I, left eye. And I'm like, like yeah, and man, you, apparently you that, was the, that was yeah. the pressure in his head from a sinus infection. And now he's got uh, flu. Yeah, the flu's going around. So we need him to stay away from us. You know what I'm saying? Just stay away from us. You got <laughs> we a little need him baby. to get better first, but then also, while getting better, stay away from us while you get better. And you got a little baby at home oh, who's going to enjoy her first oh, Texas yeah. OU game tomorrow with mm-hmm. Pops. And, Mom, that'll be good. So, Cole Dixon is here. We appreciate him uh, oh, rolling in here each morning this in, week baby. to uh, step up out of the bullpen. Done appreciate a great job. You. Hey, with that in mind, let's start with the uh, show with the headlines, trending topics, ton of news to start your Friday morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the news. We'll start with college football. Day out now to the 119th meeting of Texas and Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl. Good news. Maybe not so good news for the Longhorns yesterday from head coach Steve Sarkeesian. He provided an update on the injury status of a couple of key starters. Uh, yeah, JT looks great. He'll be he'll be good to go Saturday. I think Ryan's going to be a game-time decision. All right, that's JT Sanders, the junior tight end from Denton, who left during the first quarter of the Texas win over Kansas last week. He's been a key weapon in both the run game and the passing game, obviously, for the Longhorns. Has nearly 300 receiving yards on the year. He's been over 100 yards receiving in both the Alabama and Baylor games. And caught two touchdowns in last year's Red River beatdown. Uh, Brian Watts, meanwhile, the starting corner on the boundary side, as you heard from Sark, will be a game-time decision. Third-ranked Texas, 12th-ranked Oklahoma, both off to 5-0 start. Score off tomorrow at 11 a.m. Our pregame coverage live tomorrow at 9 a.m. right here on the Horn. Second major matchup in the great state tomorrow down in College Station. 11th-ranked Alabama rolling into A&M to face the Aggies. That's at 2.30 tomorrow. Both teams 4-1 on the year. Both are unbeaten in SEC play. Also tomorrow, Baylor will host Texas Tech up in Waco tomorrow night. Uh, TCU's at Iowa State. Texas State at Louisiana to face the Raging Cajuns at tomorrow afternoon. Looking to start 5-1, Bobcats are. There's also a Big 12 game on the card tonight. Oklahoma State will host Kansas State up in Stillwater. NFL Week 5 kicked off last night on Nation's Capital. That's where the Chicago Bears ended the uh, franchise's longest losing streak ever. They drubbed the Washington Commanders in Washington 40-20 on Thursday night football. Now, just before kickoff last night, the football world learned of and the Bears learned of the passing of Bears legend and pro football Hall of Famer Dick Butkus. Well, they proceeded to play some inspired football, won a game for the first time in 346 days. They'd lost 14 straight before last night, including their first four this season. The much maligned Justin Fields threw for 282 yards and four touchdowns. 230 of those yards and three of the tutties went to the wide receiver D.J. Moore. Had a career night. Chicago 1-4, Washington 
two and three. Full NFL Week Five slates coming up on Sunday, including those Houston Texans looking to get over 500. They're in Atlanta to face Bijan and the Falcons. Also, the primetime matchup of heavyweight Sunday night, unbeaten San Francisco hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Week six of the high school football season kicked off last night, or uh, with some great games, including Pflugerville Panthers scored a late touchdown to lift them to their first win of the season over Waco University, 30 to 26. Buta Johnson edged Austin High in a district showdown, 20 to 19. Vista Ridge picked up a big win over Westwood, 26-21. Georgetown thumped Leander, 45-21. And the top-ranked Westlake Shaps, after trailing Anderson, 14-13 early, scored 53 unanswered, won at 67-14. Full slate of Friday football coming up tonight, including a good one right here on the horn. Undefeated in state-ranked Vandergriff facing McNeil at the Palace on Palmer. Game kicks at 7. Our pregame tonight at 645. Horns Texas OU coverage brought to you by One Source Gas, your Texas compressed gas leader. If your business has compressed gas needs and you're looking for a new CO2 or compressed gas provider, call One Source Gas at 512-214-8484 or go to onesourcegasatx.com. We always say the locker room's not tanking, even though the franchise may be. I don't think the Bears were trying to tank, but I think they're in tank position now. And winning that game yesterday was uh, last night was it was it was actually impressive. And Justin Fields now is last two games is actually playing well randomly. Yeah, he's got a one thirty one passer rating in the last two games. He's averaging damn near eleven yards per attempt, sixty seven percent completion percentage. And how about this little factoid? I probably should save it for what the facts, but what the hell? Uh, DJ Moore. This little stat is a it's it's crazy. I can't believe this is real. So DJ Moore, how about this? The list of Chicago Bears players with 450 plus receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns in the first five games of a season in the Super Bowl era, just DJ Moore. That's the That's list. It. That's it. That's the list. And folks. he's doing it with Justin Fields as his quarterback. And nothing against Justin Fields, but he hasn't been the most consistent of quarterbacks. But when he's targeting DJ Moore, they need to do it more. He has a perfect passer rating. Perfect passer 158. rating. 158.3 when he's targeting DJ Moore. Well, he just threw some out routes against man coverage yeah. yesterday and uh, would, would hit the uh, stop route and he'd turn and take off. No one could catch him. Do that more. DJ Moore was outstanding. The, uh, outstanding. Commanders didn't appear ready to play when that game kicked off last night, but either way. And they had chances. They got that game back to within, um, you know, in the second half, they scored 11 quick third quarter points and had some chances to make it a one score game. And they turned the ball over in the red zone, missed a field goal. And then the, then Ryan, uh, then, then, uh, uh, DJ Moore caught one more long touchdown to really seal the deal when it was it was thirty to twenty, and the Commanders got back down in there with uh, with Sam Howell and had a chance, and they again they turned it over inside the ten, and then they they missed a field goal, and then the long touchdown and it was over forty yeah. to twenty Bears. Sam Howell lit it up too on the day there, that what, uh, the great years? Dick Butkus passes away. The great Dick yeah. Butkus, back when football was football, Rod. I mean, I, Dick Buck. I, I mean, honestly, you can't hit like Dick Butkus no more. Like you can't play football like that no more. No, no. They, they, don't, no, no. they don't really. They don't even allow you to play football the style Dick Buckers played it. He would have been not only suspended, they probably would have had to kick him out of the league. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> so, played in that era where they were. I mean, the middle linebackers were the stars of the team, right? I mean, oh, man. it was a running. I mean, running, running backs yeah. and middle linebackers were how the game was built, and um, more important than quarterback back for then. sure. Yeah. And everybody played the basic, you know, three, you know, four three defense, and the <laughs> linebacker was right in the middle, kind of staring at the quarterback. Football in the phone booth. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard Let's a go. great interview with Archie Manning last night. Of course, Archie's grandpa and uh, father of Peyton and Eli. And he said, man, I would line up and look straight across from him the entire game, and I'm still scared of him. I was still scared of him. <laughs> I'd go play in his golf tournament, and I'd still get scared when I saw him. So shaking a little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's intimidating. Then they had Mike Singletary in Chicago, of course. Yeah. He followed that tradition. They had uh, 
You know, Brian Erlacher oh, and Lance yeah. Briggs. They've just always had great linebackers. Uh, and obviously Dick Butkus, great name. Great oh. Illinois uh, I mean, fighting Illini. I and, imagine you know. that's why he was so mean on the football field. Getting Butkus. teased <laughs> as a kid. Dick Butkus being his name, it's like, I mean, come on, the jokes were just, they were infinite. Yeah, you just throwing them out there. Everybody, everybody. wrote everybody, themselves. Teachers putting them, everybody's getting it. It's like, I, it's, come on, that was too easy. It was too easy. So I'm sure that's what made him such a, and then after he became such a ferocious figure on the field, nobody ever made a, a Dick Butkus joke again. No. He never no, he, no. he never had to deal with that. Nobody the boy named Sue, you know what I'm saying? They <laughs> <laughs> stopped making that day. It was like, uh, Dick, how you doing? Great, great to see you. I'll say yeah. this for the uh, Washington Commanders uh, and Ron Rivera, alleged defensive expert. How can you let one guy wreck your whole game? Yeah. Then that that's that's not good coaching. I mean, yeah. uh, the, 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 Justin Fields threw for, threw for 282 yards, 230 for one guy. <laughs> the rest of the team caught for 50 yards. Yeah, that's... Like, don't you have to do something to stop I, that? Uh, I really don't. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That makes no sense. Come on, man. It's the NFL. It's called adjustments. You stop one guy. Yeah, not one dude. Can't let one guy completely wreck the game. Uh, Sam Howe threw for almost 400 yards last night, but that interception late was a killer. But, uh, yeah, that was actually a better game than I thought it was going to be. It's more entertaining than I thought because uh, the, the Bears raced out and it looked like the Commanders were going to... Because remember, last week against Denver, Bears raced out and then blew the three-touchdown lead to the Broncos. And it looked like they were going could happen again in this game last night, but in the end, too much uh, DJ Moore. I too much DJ. Well, no, he's been one guy. Yeah, I mean, that's, come on, man. He, he's basically right now the most prolific wide receiver for the Bears through the first five games. Well, remember they they gave <laughs> up. Remember they had the number ever. one pick last year, and they felt like they didn't need a quarterback, so they because they had Justin yeah. Fields, and uh, they gave up that pick. And the big they part can, of that was to go get DJ Moore. They wanted a number one receiver. They also thought Chase Claypool like was going to be a better player that they traded for from Pittsburgh, but he's no. been a bust so far. Um, Pittsburgh was happy to trade him. No, when Pittsburgh trades a wide receiver, be weary of that. Like, yeah. they, Pittsburgh, when Pittsburgh's done with the wide receiver, there's something going on. I remember they were done Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, it, yeah. Every time they're done with the wide receiver, go watch that wide receiver's career. It usually is on the, the downslide. Well, yeah. and, and DJ Moore is a great player, obviously. I'm not saying he's – I mean, but you can't let one guy beat you. But he's – remember he played at Maryland? He was a first-round pick. I don't know. He's a good player. Playing in Carolina without any quarterbacks. It's tough to be a good receiver without quarterbacks. He that, hadn't, he that's Andre Johnson games. down in Houston, how yeah. it is to be a great oh, receiver. DeAndre Hopkins did it, too, in H-Town for a yeah. little while. Oh, that's, that's a tough life. That is a tough life. To have be a good wide receiver with a bad quarterback. Ugh. A series of them if you're DJ mm-hmm. Moore. But uh, we'll see. You know, one of the things, and I don't know if this is the case with the Bears, but it's something that I think we'll talk about the Bears. all you know in the next offseason. You know, these teams not playing at all in the preseason, they're not doing anything in the preseason, I think that's hurting the game early in the year. I just think we get some really bad football from some teams. Uh, and I'm not saying the Bears, but the Bears look like a different team offensively than they did week one and two. Uh, it's almost like these, these they need to play some some in the preseason. You know what I'm saying? I know you're risking injury, but at the same time, I, I do think we're getting these offenses and these teams that are kind of getting their, their groove. Took them three or four games to get there, but um, Bears certainly have figured some things out with their quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but I don't know if there is a – I don't know if there's a realistic um, like remedy for it or a realistic answer because the injuries. I mean, that's that's the top priority for the NFL is to limit the injuries to their star sure. players because even now, I mean, the injuries are starting to to mount up for different teams and it's early on in the season. I mean, we're just getting to what like the, the past the you know first quarter point of the season. I think you know the new CBA basically that the players are the ones who want to limit the contact and the players are actually on board for. You know, limiting the preseason games too. 
because they don't know those guys want to play in preseason, even though Jags like Rod B, and that's most of the NFL. That's how they make a team. Uh, so I, there's no doubt it's hurting Jags meaning just a guy. Just a guy, yes. <laughs> For those of you know, yeah, Jags. Just a guy. Just, just a dude out there. Uh, but that's most of the NFL. Most of the NFL's guys' career is going to be three and a half to four years, and that's pretty much it. Uh, but I... I, I don't really know if there's a real answer because, man, they can't have injuries early on, especially in the preseason. Nobody wants that. Hell, man, this preseason, this past preseason, you had two games they stopped. Anybody remember that? They, like, oh, in the preseason, yeah. They didn't even finish the spin at the game. Yeah, they didn't even finish it because they had guys get injured or yeah, Bill you know, guys go down the, the field. Yeah, so they, first of all, they don't want that, period, in any game. Um, but that's why they, they figure the preseason is less and less valuable. So they, they got more, more regular season games. They figure it's worth – Warming, basically having a warm up to to the season to, sure. for the first it's few. It's a years. long, it's a long season. Yeah, uh, and I, I may maybe not even be the case because college and high school don't play preseason games either, and they they, they, they hit the ground running. Yeah, uh, that's but a good point. and that's why I wonder how how our Houston Texans didn't you know the preseason is, is what it is we're talking about and they had like three injured offensive linemen to start the year it's like my training camp couldn't have gone worse for houston That's but true. yet they're still there two and two That's a good point. all right it is a friday it is texas ou friday that means we're going behind the burn orange curtain we'll hear more from sark we heard sark with the injury update uh in the uh, in the update there in the headlines uh G- jt sanders should be good to go i got an eyewitness report rod that at the uh that pep rally they had on tuesday night or wednesday night that uh, JT was there walking without a limp and was looking good. They're ready mm-hmm. to go with him, I think. That's a key fi- key figure in this game. And then Ryan Watts, a bit banged up, uh, game time decision. Somebody asked what his injury. He, he hurt his knee, kind of limped off in the in the uh, Kansas game. Uh, he's dealing with a bit of a sprained knee. So um, game time decision. If he can't go, Rod, or if he's not a hundred percent, is it uh, Manny Muhammad? Is it uh, Terrence Brooks? How do you think uh, that that boundary corner goes? Um, I think it'll be uh, Manny Muhammad. Now, Terrence Brooks can play both, and Terrence Brooks is playing at a really high level right now. I mean, he is actually probably been your most consistent cornerback, even more consistent than Ryan Watts. I mean, he's just playing at a really high level. So I think that would just keep Terrence Brooks where he is over at the field corner, just because he's been so great there all year long and so consistent. Uh, Manny Muhammad, in my opinion, is probably the best natural cover guy at that boundary corner. And I like his technique Honestly, ball hawk too. Yeah, he's a ball hawk. Makes plays on the ball, but I like his technique better than Ryan Watts. The he he has a higher upside, of course, than Ryan Watts. The only downside is he doesn't have experience, and in this game, everything is amplified, including inexperience. And either way, whether it's Ryan Watts or whether it's Manny Muhammad, you still got Gavin Holmes too. They play Gavin Holmes mostly on the field side, though. Um, and so I don't know if they can. I think both of those guys, Terrence Brooks and um, uh, Gavin Holmes can both play the boundary, but they play both of those guys on the field side. And Manny Muhammad is the backup boundary corner either way because Manny Muhammad's a freshman and a young guy who's inexperienced, hadn't played in this game. Or if you're looking at you know Ryan Watts, who's dealing with the injury, so he's not going to be 100%, I think they attack that boundary corner somehow early on with deep shots. And Texas should be prepared for that. Yeah, and just make right now it would just make sense. I mean, that's a weakness just because you got a guy there that's injured has been day to day, and they put him out there. Then you know that they barely cleared him, and you should go after him. Maybe Texas will protect him. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. And obviously, uh, Oklahoma. We talked about the improvement of their team speed. They've also improved their their speed on the outside at wide receiver. Andrew. Oh, yeah. Andrew Anthony's a really good receiver, a good player, kind of a go-to guy for them out of Michigan. He transferred from Michigan. Um, and got Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson, the speedster player. from Katy, 6'4". Yeah. 
Yep. Nick Anderson's a guy who's really come on of late for Oklahoma. Farouk, who's a good player. Uh, Jaleel Farouk, who's kind of— Averaging over 19. The both, all these guys, 19 yards per uh, reception, 20-plus yards per reception. Andrew Anthony, 17 yards per reception. You can tell. These are vertical routes downfield. They're taking shots. Yeah, well, that's what— They're taking uh, shots. I mean, we know we've given the numbers on Dylan Gabriel. He's been really good between the hash marks and down the field. They're mm-hmm. going to stress your safeties, the middle of the football field. Uh, they're going to spread you out with the veer and shoot, and then uh, you know try to you know create leverage lanes, and uh, you know we'll see what do. we'll talk about it coming up behind the burn orange curtain. How Texas will will counter that because uh, Texas has plenty of team speed as well, and they've got uh, Jalen Ford in the middle, who's one of the best coverage linebackers in college football. Uh, and somebody, several people have asked this week about Dylan Gabriel running. Dylan is not a runner; run. he, he can he run can a run. little. Yeah. And, he has functional mobility, and he'll mostly run yeah. in the red zone. Yes, and that's where he's hurt, he hurt teams last week. Uh, I would say last week, right? He Didn't does. he run in the red zone a little bit? Especially off the zone read, right? He'll do the keeper, and um, when they do the RPO game, every if you once just in a get while. lazy, he'll they'll they'll basically he decides to keep it. But it's not necessarily a something they as Sark said something they major in. They won't. Yeah, but, but they uh, might put it in for Texas. And but I, it's, it's it's not a Jalen Milrow situation where he's going to take off and and run. Now we've talked we to talk, yeah Jackson Arnold, though. Jackson Arnold, yeah, the backup quarterback, the, that. <laughs> the five star that they he'll get on the field at times and get some Jackson Arnold packages. And you wonder if they've been kind of prepping for something because there's no doubt as an yeah, underdog sense. in this game and after getting blown out last year, Oklahoma is going to pull out everything. You know, any, any bag of tricks they have, offensive or defensive, new coverages for Sark and for, for Quinn Ewers. And then, yes, maybe a, a Jackson Arnold's a phenomenal athlete, right? Big-time five-star quarterback commitment out of Denton Ryan. Uh, or Denton Geyer, I should say. Uh, big-time player. He's the future at the position for them when Dylan Gabriel moves on. May see him. And Rod will take us behind that burn orange curtain coming up. Real quick, Rod, I mentioned that the uh, – the NCAA made an announcement yesterday. The NCAA officially, we knew this was coming, and it's finally been made official. They're shortening the transfer window in all sports. Uh, so from 60 days to 45 days per year. So that means in football now, the transfer portal will be open for 30 days at the end of the regular season. So okay. so that's December, right? So from December, because the regular season ends, that's ahead of bowl season, uh, I'm assuming. So after championship Saturday, when the championship games, there'll be 30 days open from December into January, and then it'll be open for 15 days after spring practice. So 45 total days through the year. Uh, that is down from 60. And then in basketball, the window will uh, um, you know shrink as well with, with men's and women's basketball just 45 days con- continuously. Uh, so that, that's it. The, the coach has been asking for that. Hey, can we put some guidelines on this transfer window get is be always open there needs to be some rules and that's the rule now from the ncaa yeah i mean i'm not opposed to that makes sense um i mean and i don't know i'll have to look into that i don't know if that's after the season meaning in january or if it's after this because it says regular season uh does that mean because regular season would be ahead of any postseason but either way uh it's 30 days and then 15 after spring so you have your make your call they need way more guardrails on oh yeah nil and transfer portal stuff but this is a baby step Baby step <laughs> in the is right. right direction. Yeah, well, and uh, I think coaches have been clamoring for this. Speaking of coaches clamoring, you see that Mac Brown, who went after the NCAA when his receiver Tez Walker was was uh, not allowed to play, got his guy. transfer. He got him now. Uh, got he's going to be able to play. And Tez Walker is a kid that uh, they think that he's one of the top fifty draft prospects for the NFL. They believe, and he's finally been granted. They apparently see? new information available. According to the uh, NCAA and their wisdom, publicly shame the NCAA, and then they will fold sometimes under public pressure and 
blowback and shame. So, yeah, that's basically what happened. And Mac knows that because Mac, he's a he's an OG. He's a triple OG in this game. He's like, all right, you know, and Mac never does that, by the way. Mac rarely calls out no, the NCAA, calls out anybody, and Mac went scorched earth on the NCAA and had it out there in plain view for everybody to see and wrote it up, uh, or at least they had a statement um, that he ended up signing. And I think that w- that was what it was. They were like, man, if Mac okay. coming, if Mac's coming after us, he was, you know, he was always a guy that was considered a company man for the NCAA. Now he's going after the NCAA. Yeah, hard. Exactly. I mean, his his letter to them was uh, ooh, it was skating, skating. Ooh. Well, and this was, remember, when Tez Walker entered the transfer portal, he was the number two receiver in the portal. He was number six overall prospect. Mm-hmm. And North Carolina's 4-0. and They get Syracuse this week. They're number 14 in the country. And now you got, you got Drake May. Now he has his number one target back. And able to play. He should play this weekend at home against uh, Syracuse. So that's some college football news. A lot of it with the Big Ten schedule we model out. Texas OU, Alabama A&M down in College Station. Uh, good football tomorrow. And even that game up in Waco is an interesting game with Texas Tech and Baylor. Because uh, Joey McGuire, of course, was on that Baylor staff, and when he left to go to Texas Tech, Rod took eleven staff, eleven people yeah. with him. He took a lot of rainmakers, a lot of and if, recruiting uh, Knicks and, with him. And he's been a you know Joey McGuire has not been good on the road as the head coach at Tech, but if they come into Waco and were to beat Dave Aranda and Baylor, a lot of people in Waco will be saying, you know what, we hired the wrong guy. Mm. We mm. hired the wrong mm. dang guy because it was really down to those two to yeah. get that job, Dave Aranda or Joey McGuire. They went outside the program to bring in Aranda from LSU. And Joey McGuire then left to take the tech job. I mean, is Joey, I mean, he, he, is he killing it right now? No, he's not. That's what I'm saying. You, did you well, really he, a guy? He was very popular, obviously, in well, Waco and through Central Texas. And the recruiting has died off at Waco, too, and Baylor, since Joey McGuire and all those staffers left. So, yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's some intrigue to that game. Oh, yeah, there's uh, some storylines going mm-hmm. on. And the winner's back to 3-3, three and three, essentially, in that game. Obviously, the winner of Texas OU is 6-0 and oh, and uh, sitting where they want to be in the Big 12. We'll preview that coming up. We'll go behind that burn orange curtain. We'll also reset where we're going to be this afternoon and tomorrow and all that coming up. So you can come out and join us if you're going to Dallas. We've got a spot for you in downtown Big D. We've also got a spot to watch the game here in Austin uh, or here in Central Texas. If you're not going to Dallas, get you covered on that. Also, before the end of the hour, some what the facts. But coming next, Rod goes behind the BOC. On a Friday, Texas OU, right at uh, 625. And OU still sucks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Friday, Friday on The Horn, no doubt about it. And uh, going behind that burnt orange curtain here coming up, also want to remind you uh, our this weekend and today. Rod, I'm going to leave the show right here at about 11 o'clock and head straight to Dallas. Oh, yeah. And then set us up, and we'll be ready to go for our uh, roundtable watch party or, or watch event. Not even watch event, but uh, gathering at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas, right there on Main Street over in Deep Ellum, uh, East Dallas downtown on Main Street. Come on out and join us. we got great parking, great opportunities to come out and have some of the best barbecue in the world while we talk Texas and Oklahoma. Our friends Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas are going to be out there. Uh, you and Patrick will be on air from here, Rod, in oh, yeah. the studio. So we'll have a good old time uh, roundtable conversation, Texas and Oklahoma. Terry Black's barbecue. Bud Lights will be flowing if you um, 
of course, you know, be careful in getting home and whatnot. But you want to have some Bud Lights and barbecue, you can't beat that right there at Terry Black's in Dallas. And then, of course, remember tomorrow, Rod, if you're not going to the State Fair and you're not going to Dallas for the game, uh, we will be set up out at uh, Fieldhouse at the Crossover right there in Cedar Park slash Leander. It's going to be an unbelievable watch party. The weather's going to be phenomenal, whether you're at the game or at the field house. So come on out. And they've got great Bud Light specials there with the $18 buckets of Bud Light, the burnt nice. orange cans, also $16 on the Michelob Ultras. So uh, come on out. It's kegs and eggs, Rod. we got to kick off at 11 o'clock. Uh, but but pace yourself because you're going all day. You got that game. Then you got the Aggies mm-hmm. and the uh, <laughs> the Alabama Crimson Tide. But uh, all eyes will be focused on that. So Terry Black's barbecue this afternoon from three to seven, and then all the way to high school football. As a matter of fact, when Vandergriff takes on McNeil, and then tomorrow from nine to eleven, you and I will do the pregame from right here in Austin, Texas, and then. The Fieldhouse at the Crossover is our watch party location. Plenty of opportunities for the ice-cold Bud Lights. It's brewed by Texans for Texans, the official domestic beer partner of your University of Texas Longhorns, the Texas X's, and tomorrow's Texas OU game brought to you by Bud Light Hookup. All right, Rod, you ready for all that? You ready for, uh, it's for a, busy a little weekend, bit of fun? A little bit of fun? Yeah, man. You got a, you got, you got a, you got a busy week weekend. You're you know, got to commit to the cause. Those, uh, those truck driver kind of hours in. I like it. Commit to the cause. Yeah, man. No doubt. And, you know, for the people. I will say that having been back and forth to Dallas for a wedding back in in, in September, September, and my daughter goes to school up at North Texas, so I've been up. It is the, the drive from, to Dallas has never been better as far as the drive. Done with all the construction? All the construction. Well, well yeah. not all of it. But all the major the construction stuff, is done. Yeah. Waco's done. Uh, that whole stretch through Salado into Belton is done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll back up at times, but even uh, even when you get, uh, you know, when you do the split, going uh, 35 east versus 35 west, you go east. Yeah. They've now got that all done. Uh, there's one nice. little stretch near Waxahachie before you get into South Dallas that they're still doing some work. But really, and not only is it done, it's it's all three lanes. So you kind of just sail up, and gosh, even when you get into downtown Dallas, there's a new toll lane that you can jump on that, that drops you right off into downtown. Oh, really? As you approach it, yeah, hmm. man, it's uh. Pretty nice. It's it's. I mean, compared to what it, it has been oh, at times over the last twenty years. Oh my drive. gosh, it used to be a dreadful drive. Oh, oh man, these oh. the last I don't know five six years or so. Yeah, well, because they were like doing that. all that construction, and all it would take was somebody get a flat tire or somebody runs into somebody, and the next thing you know, it's backed up for mm. for hours. And yeah, and obviously everyone's trying to get up there, whether it's on Saturday morning or for Friday afternoon. That was always the worst, right? Friday afternoon. Oh. Drop in a little rain or something, and all of a sudden it's a six-hour trip. Traffic McGinn. Yeah. Oh. But uh, it's better than it's been, so I'll just jump out. I'll probably be up to Dallas in two and a half, three hours, huh? and uh, be set up at Terry Black's Barbecue. So come on out. I know a lot of you folks are making the dash this morning or this afternoon. we got a spot for you to watch the game, have some cold drinks, and uh, great eat some great food. And, and talk be safe on that road. Texas folks. OU. Oh, yes. For sure. Oh, yeah, the cruise it. control, you'll get there. Yeah. Uh, what the facts before the top of the hour, including a couple I don't think you're going to believe, Ron. I've got a couple of facts you're not going to believe. Uh, well, I've got a bunch of them, too. Uh, I need to get some Texas OU related facts. I'll try to grab some of those, too. I, well, I, got some, oh, I do have some betting stats about Texas OU. Oh, can't wait for, for that. You, uh, you degenerate gamblers out there. I've got some facts for you. Right. Uh, we got a busy weekend. We got Texas OU, we got baseball playoffs, we've got the NFL playoffs. all coming up over the next. 72 it is hours. A, it's the, this is a great weekend for football in the state of Texas when you think about it. 
I mean, oh you got God. the Texas OU game. The Cowboys are playing, playing San Fran. That's the biggest game in the NFL. The biggest game in college football is probably Texas OU. The, the, the Texans are playing Atlanta. So you got the Bijan element there. So it's a Bijan element. So all you Longhorn fans can watch that. But the Texans are playing well. And C.J. Stroud could end up setting the record for the most pass attempts to start a career without an interception. So a lot of Texans fans are excited about that. A&M is playing Alabama. Yeah. So that's like a sexy one. You just talked about Texas Tech and Baylor. That's pretty sexy, too. A lot of headlines there, a lot of storylines. I mean, it's it a— Couldn't get much better. All right. If you're just and saying— then you drop the baseball playoffs on top oh, of it if you're a baseball man. fan. Yeah. Astros, Astros and Rangers. Yeah, that's—it's—oh, yes. sportsgasm. It is. It's sports a weekend, gasm. brothers. It's, it's a happening. weekend. Uh, head on a swivel. Be careful out there. Let's <laughs> talk sports. Let's go behind the burnt orange curtain, though. The maiden focus, the center of attention is Texas-Oklahoma for the 119th time. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Just talk about how giddy we all are about the uh, football happening in the state of Texas. Uh, but nobody is uh, more giddy than a Longhorn fans right now because their Longhorn football team uh, looks like the real deal. Um, and I don't think I've seen Longhorn fans this confident in a long time, this close nervous, to a Texas LU game. It, it is a little unnerving just because we haven't been here a long time. I think 2009 is probably the last time you were this cocky and arrogant well, going into the long a Texas time, the long, Isn't that the last time the Longhorns were the higher-ranked team? You might be right about that, E. It. <laughs> you could be right about that. I think it is. That. The last time Texas was higher-ranked than Oklahoma going into this game was 2009. Mm, yeah. Uh, and the yeah. last time that right. Oklahoma, you be right about that because we been told a while. you the last time Oklahoma won the game as the lower ranked team was 1996 with John Blake as the head coach. So mm-hmm. it's been a while. Typically, since when the Longhorns are favored, which hasn't been much, often they win the game. It has not been much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has not been much, but yeah, but that line did drop. You brought that up. Point line and a half in the last. 24 hours, 36 hours. Uh, I, I think it may be Vegas thinks the injuries to a couple starters for Texas going into the game might be more serious um, than uh, Texas is leading on. But anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, let's hear from – you don't want to hear from us. Let's hear from uh, Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach of your Texas football team. He talked to the media yesterday. Uh, here is uh, Steve Sarkeesian on Texas o- OU. Say, first of all, you know, I touched, got done talking to the team about this. You know, what a – what an honor it is to be part of this game and to be part of this rivalry. Uh, 119th time Texas and OU have played in the Red River rivalry. A lot of great players, a lot of great teams, a lot of great coaches. And, um, you know, we, we don't take that lightly. You know, we, uh, we definitely uh, are, are grateful and thankful that we get to be part of this game. Um, we're looking forward to the opportunity Saturday. I'll say that our team really had a nice week of practice. You know, I thought their, their preparation – um, their attention to detail, their focus um, uh, was was as, as good as I've been around them now in three years. And, and I think that's ultimately what it's going to take. You know, we understand this is an emotional game, um, but, the, but the best way to, 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 to perform Saturday is to execute at a really high level um, with a real sense of physicality. And uh, I think our guys are prepared to do that. You go to Sark and Sark, yeah, Sark's big on tradition. He's a big, you know, fan of college football and the uh, all the different tradition. And I think he is. I think I, that's genuine for him that he feels Agreed. the 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 honor of being able to coach in this game, which. 
That's why he, he I think he he has an inspired game plan when he comes into this game too. Sark knows it's a big stage. Sark likes to get in his creative, innovative bag, and he has been the last two years. Uh, that at least that opening script early on for Texas, and I got a feeling it's going to be that way again. Uh, Oklahoma's got to match that energy. If that is the case, and Texas starts fast like they have the last two years uh, in the Texas OU game in Sark's tenure here at Texas, it'll be because Quinn Ewers starts fast. And Quinn Ewers has performed pretty well on big stages. He actually, his, I don't know, I guess his worst games or his most inconsistent games um, have have come on stages that have been more of the, you know, kind of lower platform. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not, they're not such big games. They're not marquee games. Um, they're lower tier games. And then that's when you see Quinn Ewers struggle a little bit. But on the big stages, Alabama, uh, both years, and, you know, in Texas OU, of course, um, that's when we've seen the best of Quinn Ewers. So here's Sark talking about Quinn Ewers on the big stage. No, I, I don't notice so much anything different um you know i think quinn obviously prepares really well uh always does um i think that uh you know i i'd much rather have the quarterback that can that can perform really well when the, when the lights are shining the brightest than the other way around and so um you know i appreciate i'm appreciative of that 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 he definitely shows up in these games um but it's like anything you know we've got to have a good plan for him um the players around a quarterback need to play well in game, right? It's not all about him. Uh, we need to make sure that we're playing really good complimentary football with our defense and our special teams. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, it's not always about physical ability. It's about having the mental capacity to, to be in the moment, to stay in the moment, and to stay focused on the task at hand, regardless of the emotion in the game. All right, let's start talking about Quinn's preparation. And I, I think that's key. Um, we've talked about this, and I've brought it up several times. You know, you go look at early on this year when when Quinn started, you know, a bit inconsistent and he was a bit indecisive early on in some games, Rice and Wyoming. Um, and like you pointed out, E, that wasn't, he wasn't discombobulated the entire game. I mean, he found his groove. He found his rhythm. Uh, that's the maturity and the experience now, you know, now having – you know, a season of starts under his belt in the same system with some of the same personnel. But if you want to, if you want to get Quinn off to a slow start, all right, and you want to make him indecisive and a little insecure on his throws, you have to throw something at him that he is not prepared for. And that's what Sark was talking about. He, pre- he prepares really well. And Sark makes sure that you, Quinn is well prepared and he's knowledgeable and familiar with all the concepts that are going to be thrown at him. Sark admitted, that's why I like Sark, because Sark will give you, he'll give you some nuggets. He'll give you a little bit because he's, he's a pretty honest guy. Um, he admitted that in, in the first three games, there were two of those games where an opponent threw something at them in the game that they did not see on film and did not prepare Quinn for, and he did not say what two games those were. I think we all hypothesized that that was Wyoming and Rice and not Bama because Bama, he was he was hot. I mean, he was hot early, and he looked good early. Um, so I think that's one of the keys, too. you got to be creative as a defensive coordinator. You go up against Quinn, you got to show him something he hadn't seen just so you can force him into being a little more indecisive. Then he becomes inaccurate. Uh, then I think he becomes a little insecure, and that's when he starts you know, holding on to the ball too long and all those and the fundamentals suffer a little bit. That's when you get bad Quinn. All right, you get bad Quinn then, and you want good Quinn where he's getting rid of the ball quickly, knows where he's going with the football, knows why he's going there, and he's quick and accurate and decisive, not the other way around. 
And I think one of the best ways to create that is to run the football, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, That's a good point. Uh, if you go with that 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 six zero line package, and we'll be real interested to see what Sark does because there's also the idea that I know our friend Ian Boyd over at Inside Texas has theorized maybe spread Oklahoma out early to you know, create the mismatches and attack them that way. There's that's the the beauty of this Texas offense; they can go a lot of different ways here mm-hmm. and try to create mismatches and then you know come back to the power package. Because to me, the the biggest you know figure in this game, I know quarterback's important, but for me, is Jonathan Brooks. If Jonathan Brooks gets going and continues his pay, what he's done the last few weeks, Texas has a real great chance here because Oklahoma doesn't have a strong running game. That's the one thing we know, right? They have rotated three different running backs. They don't have a running back over 200 yards yet. Texas has a bell cow. Texas has a dude at running back right now that wants the ball. The offensive line's firing off. They love the run blocking. Remember when Texas in the offseason brought in Paul Christ? To be their mm-hmm. you know advisor to the offense and that power run game, the gap schemes and things that they're the I mean the the, the you know pulling and, and power screens that they're running. This is the kind of game you do that for, right? Alabama, where you ran out the clock in the fourth quarter after you built a double digit lead, and then Baylor, you did the same thing on the road in that spot and ran the ball like crazy. You picked it up at Kansas, and if you can do that in this game, you know you have a real good chance to get to six and zero. Yeah, Eden Boyd's uh, theory is basically that it'll come out like uh, Alabama, like Alabama they came out. Um, and I remember I talked. To, I said they should have ran empty on Alabama. They came out in empty uh, versus Alabama, but out of twelve personnel, um, he's saying that it will be more like that. And we know that. Listen, Sark can. You just brought it up. He can play bully ball against Oklahoma. You actually do have the advantage in the trenches if you want to. But Sark's a showman. He is, and and, and we like that about him. All right, everybody likes the fact he's a showman. He's not gonna go on this big stage and just run the football. Oh, no, he's not. He's got too many weapons. He's got the quarterback he likes on this big stage. He's gonna show off a little bit, <laughs> and he's hosting some recruits. He's gonna show off a little bit. He always does on a big stage. Doesn't matter who he, he wants to show off his offensive creativity, and he wants to show off, showcase the weapons, so other guys around the country will go, "I want to play in that offense." And so there will be some of that. And that's also, that's good because it opens up the playbook. Um, but I do believe, yeah, he wants to close with the running game. That's what he's done the entire season. Closed out Bama with the running game. Closed Wyoming with the running game. Closed out Kansas with the running game. That's his closer. So what's going to be his opener? His closer is the running game. We know that. How's he going to open the game? Does he open with the running game too? I don't know. Well, he's come out with a bang in each of his first two Oklahoma games. Right? And he comes out passing. His early down pass well, rates are really even, high. Even in the game where they built the big lead and blew it in his year, in his first year, you know, first series was Xavier Worthy on a little quick pass and yeah. house call. I yeah. mean, house call. Uh, last year they went down the field. And against and, Alabama, early down pass rate, really high. Really high. You were close to, you know, close to, I think, like 60%, 70% early down pass rate. Well, all right, we will uh, continue the conversations behind the BOC. Rod will have rants with uh, deep dive conversations here. More from Sark from yesterday's Thursday availability as we are uh, counting down the hours now, counting down the uh, just over 24 now to the big game. Rod, it is 645. And OU still sucks. What the facts next? Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. Rod B. On the Horn. Hey, happy National Coaches Day. Props to all the coaches out there at any level. Coaches or teachers, right? National Rod. Coaches Day? Yeah. Oh, man, I love coaches. coaches. I love that you can call all coaches as coach, and they all love it. They're like, what's up, coach? What's up? <laughs> and they're always your coach. They always coach. Like, it's like, hey, you're coach, you coach, man. And they have a huge impact on people's lives, young oh, people's man. lives, including yours, Rod, and oh, mine, man. and so many others. Uh, coaches are teachers, and uh, 
Amen. The good ones are the, are are invaluable. I, I I loved all of my coaches. I had so many. I had great ones. I really I was lucky. I think I, I don't think I had a really a bad coaching experience. Middle Even school, in the NFL? high school, man. It, just because the coaching to me is all about passion. Um, it's all about relationships and how you relate to people. Um, so in terms, of, yeah, we were bad. There was bad teams. I played for the Lions for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm not talking about having no bad team. Yeah, I'm talking about my experience with the coaching. Like I got I got better. Like I. You know, I mean, I, as a student of the game, I always learned something and got better as a player with different coaches. And they all had different styles and things like that. But um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I thought that. I, lo- Nash- I know it. National Coaches Day. National Coaches Day. Oh, yeah. I believe it, I read just now that it was declared official, made official on this day, October the 6th, back by, by Richard Nixon in the 70s. Tricky Dick. Tricky Dick, yeah. Uh, speaking of Good Dicks, how about Dick Butkus uh, passing away? <laughs> we'll play a tribute to him coming up. <laughs> that, was a, that was a Hall of Fame segue there. Well done. Well done there, sir. I shouldn't have laughed because I made myself chuckle. No, that's when I said speaking of It was quality. Speaking of Richards. Hey, so uh, we got What the Facts, including oh, man, that's great. tonight, Rod, is a $1.4 billion Powerball drawing. $1.4 billion Powerball drawing. Good luck. $1.4 billion? Yeah. Jump how on long, in there. How, how, man, how long has it been since somebody won the I don't know. I don't play the lottery, but I might have to here. But this would be the one I won't play. That might be worth jumping on. Uh, odds of winning million. the Powerball jackpot, one in 292.2 million. One in 200 and what million? 92.2. Yeah, I'm, I got no shots. To so put that in your perspective, your odds of getting struck by lightning are around one in 15,000. I got no shot. <laughs> So I'm just going odds of being attacked by a shark are around one in three point seven million. You know what your odds are being attacked by a <laughs> oh, shark? No, dude, mine is way. I will never be attacked by a shark. I don't go out deep yeah, enough into the ocean. If you're not in the ocean, you can't get attacked go, by a shark. My I go exactly nip, right. nipple deep, and now you guys are saying nipple deep is too deep. So now I'm thinking, you know, like waistline deep is as far as I'm gonna go into the ocean. Well, my odds of yeah. winning the Powerball are zero because I've never bought a lottery ticket. So, and that's not changing today. Yeah, you should. Uh, I'll be too busy. Yeah, you know, you never Congrats know. Congrats whoever wins it. I'll be all right. Uh, Rob, what do you have for us in Just the Facts? Just the Facts. How about this? Okay, so explosive play rate. This is uh, teams who lead the country in 20-plus yard plays. How about Texas State, third in Eat the country? Eat them up. How about that? Behind Washington at 13.3%. as explosive play rate. So Washington at 13.3%. USC at 12.5%, 12.5%, and then Texas State, 12.3%. G.J. Kinney. Hey, that's an entertaining Rising star, man. That's an the entertaining product to watch. Yeah, man, it is. Yeah. And right. get down there and watch them, uh, them Bobcats. They play, you know, they play Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, this weekend, and that's been a place that's tough for them to win. They win that game and start 5-1. and one. Start really talking about those those uh, those eat them up cats, eat and their only cats. loss to this point is a seven point loss at UTSA, which was a fourth quarter ball game. So they're so improved right now. They really at are. Texas really State. Good, Speaking of improved or bummers, if you were playing uh, DJ Moore in fantasy football last night, he he scored forty nine points. Forty nine or fifty points. That's the most by any Bears player in the last twenty years, Rod. No. Most fantasy sense. football points in the last twenty years That's of any Bears offensive player. That's a great and it, 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 it makes sense to everybody I gave you the stat that no Bears player has no Bears receiver, I should say, has started a season this prolific through the first five games. First Bears receiver with four hundred and fifty plus receiving yards and four plus receiving touchdowns in the first five games. Jeez. Well, Never and happened. I'm assuming there's some of you poor suckers out there that left them on your bench because they been oh, so bad this year you're like i'm giving did. up on dj Moore. Mm-mm-mm. hope you didn't hope you didn't some of y'all did some of y'all did well, just because it's the bears it's the bears they were looking they were looking terrible 
And the yeah. Bears still, even though they're one and four, they hadn't won a game rod in 349 days until last night. They had lost 14 consecutive football games. Oh, That's no. hard to do. Locksmith Ryan says most shark attacks happen in knee deep water. Oh, oh no! Well, no. Oh, my, no. My chance of getting bit by a shark is zero because I will not be in the water. A, uh, see, now, now I'm only going toes. As a deep. kid, I now like I'm being in the ocean or yeah. the Gulf of Mexico. Not anymore. Now just um, toes, baby. Now just toes. Uh, all right, Rod. Uh, how, what else you got? What the facts? Uh, what the facts? All right, I got a, a bunch of these. So how about this? Texas OU. Stat. I wanted to give a couple here. In the last eight meetings between uh, Texas and OU, there have been just uh, one upset that Texas is 2018 win as a seven and a half point underdog. The last time OU upset Texas was 2002 when it was one 35 to 24. <sighs> That's, that was that was me, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, as a four point dog, uh, this it just the, hit hard. That this, hit hard. It did. I, I as I was reading it because I it's the first time reading the stats, so I, I'm sorry. This is the fifth time since 2002 Texas favorite over Oklahoma. Okay, so there you go. Hey, uh, this is a real fact. You, you're. Facts. I'm assuming this. I feel pretty good about saying you've never owned a pair of Crocs. No. How, how do you? How did you know that I've never just, owned some Crocs this would in be my, my guess. life? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, that I'm on that boat too. Uh, <laughs> Paul oh, Dixon, have you owned a pair of Crocs? Yes. This is a fact now. Crocs, <laughs> yes, the brand Crocs have bought. Have there is now a cowboy boot Croc? Come on, that Hold will up. run one hundred and twenty dollars no. a pair. Hold yeah, up. there it is, Rod. The cowboy Why? boot Croc. Why? What is the what the what's the point of that? Who's that into comfort? Crocs? And um, you know, you can see if you're out at the at the at the ranch there, you can just throw those things on wow. and run out, and they're getting wet. They're they're made of rubber. Don't do it. They're like they're like galoshes, essentially, is what they are. I use my Crocs for around the house. Yeah, well, now you, get, house shoes. now you get some cowboy boot Crocs. That's a real thing. <laughs> it's got spurs and everything. They look oh, ridiculous. They look ridiculous. Come on, I can, I guess I can see. I don't know who I can see wearing those and in what situation. Well, you like, just wear them out if it's raining. Are... You wear them out if it's muddy, and then you just well, hose them down. Those. Those um, things? You wouldn't the wear them out in Crocs? public. You should never wear them in public, and no adult <laughs> person should wear them in public. Oh man! Now I was never into Crocs, Good. but I, I do see how functional they are. And comfortable. Pra- they are pragmatic, though. So I'll give them that. All right. Any other facts for you, Rod? Uh, I got a, some some random. How about this one? I got another random one for you. Right. Um, how about this? Okay, so the Rams are the only team, only remaining team in the league that has not had a drive start in opponent's territory. Ooh, wow! That's a random factoid. And by the way, the Rams, who are better than we thought they were going to be, get uh, Cooper Cup back this week, and they've got oh. Puka Nakua. Ooh. Oh, passing. that's bad for some of y'all fantasy owners of Puka, though. You got Puka. Don't I got you got Puka. Puka. I got Puka. Uh, so. But you know what? I mean, Cooper, that, that might be good for Puka owners because you, just, you still got to put your focus on Cooper Cup. Now, he's going to lose some targets, but um, he's going to get a lot of single coverage. They can't cover him now. That's a great point. Like, who are you going to double there? Because Puka's off to the best start for a rookie receiver in the history of the Think league. Think about that. C.J. Stroud <laughs> and his start and Puka Nakua and his start. Hey, by the way, one other fact. A monkey named Momo in Indiana ran away from his uh, – in Indianapolis ran away from his owner's house. He's a patas monkey. Can, patas. Run, can run up to 30 miles an hour, so they were hard to Damn. catch. He's back home now. The missing monkey was spotted drinking a beer. He had taken a beer out. out of a uh, trash can. Hey, just want a little drink? Just, Slowed, trying to, just get a little drink on? Just get a little drink on, man. Yeah, Momo, Momo's back home now. Thank you. <laughs> Remember, Went on a little bender and came home. Isn't Jerry Jones into monkeys? Didn't oh, yeah. they have a pet monkey? Was that Dez? Who had that the was pet Dez. monkey? That was Dez. Dez had the, the monkey. Capuchin monkey. And then we found out Jerry was into monkeys and exotic animals yeah, at yeah, one yeah, point, yeah, too. Yeah. I got some go. Jerry Jones stuff today. Uh, yeah, those, those I didn't know this about these monkeys. They can weigh up to thirty pounds and run. They're the fastest primate on Earth. 
sprint over 30 miles an hour, Rod. Damn. Damn. But Momo's back home now. That's Momo. good. Those are your what the facts. We'll come back. We'll reset your headlines. Rod's got a rant. Lock it in. It's uh, Texas OU Friday. <laughs>